section forty nine part two chapter five continued of the four horsemen of the apocalypse by vicente blasco ibanez translated by charlotte brewster jordan this librivox recording is in the public domain a shaft of sunlight from a nearby window was enveloping the piano and musician in a halo of gold through the window too was wafting the poetry of the sunset the rustling of the leaves the hushed song of the birds and the hum of the insects whose transparent wings were glowing like sparks in the last rays of the sun the general annoyed that his dreaming melancholy should be interrupted by this inopportune visit cut short the commandant's story with a gesture of command and a word one word only he said no more he took two puffs from a turkish cigarette that was slowly scorching the wood of the piano and again ran his hands over the ivory keys catching up the broken threads of the vague and tender improvisation inspired by the gloaming thanks your excellency said the gratified desnoyers surmising his magnanimous response the commandant had disappeared nor could the frenchman find him outside the castle a soldier was pacing up and down near the iron gates in order to transmit commands and the guards were pushing back with blows from their guns a screaming group of women and tiny children the entrance was entirely cleared undoubtedly the crowds were returning to the village after the general's pardon desnoyers was halfway down the avenue when he heard a howling sound composed of many voices a hair-raising shriek such as only womanly desperation can send forth at the same time the air was vibrating with snaps the loud cracking sound that he knew from the day before shots he imagined that on the other side of the iron railing there were some writhing bodies struggling to escape from powerful arms and others fleeing with bounds of fear he saw running toward him a horror-stricken sobbing woman with her hands to her head it was the wife of the keeper who a little while before had joined the desperate group of women oh don't go on master she called stopping his hurried step they have killed him they have just shot him don marcelo stood rooted to the ground shot and after the general's pardon suddenly he ran back to the castle hardly knowing what he was doing and soon reached the salon his excellency was still at the piano humming in low tones his eyes moistened by the poesy of his dreams but the breathless old gentleman did not stop to listen they have shot him your excellency they have just killed him in spite of your order the smile which crossed the count's face immediately informed him of his mistake that is war my dear sir said the player pausing for a moment war with its cruel necessities it is always expedient to destroy the enemy of to-morrow and with a pedantic air as though he were giving a lesson he discoursed about the orientals 
great masters of the art of living one of the personages most admired by him was a certain sultan of the turkish conquest who with his own hands had strangled the sons of the adversary our foes do not come into the world on horseback and brandishing a lance said that hero all are born as children and it is advisable to wipe them from the face of the earth before they grow up desnoyers listened without taking it in one thought only was occupying his mind that man that he had supposed just that sentimentalist so affected by his own singing had between two arpeggios coldly given the order for death the count made a gesture of impatience he might retire now and he counseled him to be more discreet in the future avoiding mixing himself up in the affairs of the service then he turned his back running his hands over the piano and giving himself up to harmonious melancholy for don marcelo there now began an absurd life of the most extraordinary events an experience which was going to last four days in his life history this period represented a long parenthesis of stupefaction slashed by the most horrible visions not wishing to meet these men again he abandoned his own bedroom taking refuge on the top floor of the servants quarters near the room selected by the warden and his family in vain the good woman kept offering him things to eat as the night came on he had no appetite he lay stretched out on the bed preferring to be alone with his thoughts in the dark when would this martyrdom ever come to an end there came into his mind the recollection of a trip which he had made to london some years ago in his imagination he again saw the british museum and certain assyrian bas-reliefs relics of bestial humanity which had filled him with terror the warriors were represented as burning the towns the prisoners were beheaded in heaps the pacific countrymen were marching in lines with chains on their necks forming strings of slaves until that moment he had never realized the advance which civilization had made through the centuries wars were still breaking out now and then but they had been regulated by the march of progress the life of the prisoner was now held sacred the captured towns must be respected there existed a complete code of international law to regulate how men should be killed and nations should combat causing the least possible harm but now he had just seen the primitive realities of war the same as that of thousands of years ago the men with the helmets were proceeding in exactly the same way as those ferocious and perfumed satraps with blue mitre and curled beard the adversary was shot although not carrying arms the prisoner died of shot or blow from the gun the civilian captives were sent in crowds to germany like those of other centuries what avail was all our so-called progress where was our boasted civilization he was awakened by the light of a candle in his eyes the warden's wife had come up again to see if he needed anything 
oh what a night master just hear them yelling and singing the bottles that they have emptied they are in the dining-room you better not see them now they are amusing themselves by breaking the furniture even the count is drunk drunk too is that commandant that you were talking with and all the rest some of them are dancing half naked she evidently wished to keep quiet about certain details but her love of talking got the better of her discretion some of the officers had dressed themselves up in the hats and gowns of her mistress and were dancing and shouting imitating feminine seductiveness and affectations one of them had been greeted with roars of enthusiasm upon presenting himself with no other clothing than a combination of mademoiselle chichi's many were taking obscene delight in soiling the rugs and filling the sideboard drawers with indescribable filth using the finest linens that they could lay their hands on her master silenced her peremptorily why tell him such vile disgusting things and we are obliged to wait on them wailed the woman they are beside themselves they appear like different beings the soldiers are saying that they are going to resume their march at daybreak there is a great battle on and they are going to win it but it is necessary that every one of them should fight in it my poor sick husband just can't stand it any longer so many humiliations and my little girl my little girl the child was her greatest anxiety she had her well hidden away but she was watching uneasily the goings and comings of some of these men maddened with alcohol the most terrible of them all was that fat officer who had patted georgette so paternally apprehension for her daughter's safety made her hurry restlessly away saying over and over god has forgotten the world ay what is ever going to become of us don marcelo was now tinglingly awake through the open window was blowing the clear night air the cannonading was still going on prolonging the conflict way into the night below the castle the soldiers were intoning a slow and melodious chant that sounded like a psalm from the interior of the edifice rose the whoopings of brutal laughter the crash of breaking furniture and the mad chase of dissolute pursuit when would this diabolical orgy ever wear itself down for a long time he was not at all sleepy but was gradually losing consciousness of what was going on around him when he was roused with a start near him on the same floor a door had fallen with a crash unable to resist a succession of formidable batterings this was followed immediately by the screams of a woman weeping desperate supplications the noise of a struggle reeling steps and the thud of bodies against the wall he had a presentiment that it was georgette shrieking and trying to defend herself before he could put his feet to the floor he heard a man's voice which he was sure was the keeper's she was safe ah you villain then the outbreak of a second struggle a shot silence rushing down the hallway that ended at the stairway desnoyers saw lights and many men who came trooping up the stairs bounding over several steps at a time he almost fell over a body from which escaped a groan of agony at his feet lay the warden his chest moving like a pair of bellows his eyes glassy and unnaturally distended his mouth covered with blood near him glistened a kitchen knife 
then he saw a man with a revolver in one hand and holding shut with the other a broken door that someone was trying to open from within don marcelo recognized him in spite of his greenish pallor and wild look it was blumhardt another blumhardt with a bestial expression of terrifying ferocity and lust don marcelo could see clearly how it had all happened the debauchee rushing through the castle in search of his prey the anxious father in close pursuit the cries of the girl the unequal struggle between the consumptive with his emergency weapon and the warrior triumphant the fury of his youth awoke in the old frenchman sweeping everything before it what did it matter if he did die ah oh, you villain he yelled as the poor father had done and with clenched fists he marched up to the german who smiled coldly and held his revolver to his eyes he was just going to shoot him but at that instant desnoyers fell to the floor knocked down by those who were leaping up the stairs he received many blows the heavy boots of the invaders hammering him with their heels he felt a hot stream pouring over his face blood he did not know whether it was his own or that of the palpitating mortal slowly dying beside him then he found himself lifted from the floor by many hands which pushed him toward a man it was his excellency with his uniform burst open and smelling of wine eyes and voice were both trembling my dear sir he stuttered trying to recover this suave irony i warned you not to interfere in our affairs and you have not obeyed me you may now take the consequences of your lack of discretion he gave an order and the old man felt himself pushed downstairs to the cellars underneath the castle those conducting him were soldiers under the command of a petty officer whom he recognized as the socialist this young professor was the only one sober but he maintained himself erect and unapproachable with the ferocity of discipline he put his prisoner into an arched vault without any breathing place except a tiny window on a level with the floor many broken bottles and chests with some straw were all that was in the cave you have insulted a head officer said the officer roughly and they will probably shoot you to-morrow your only salvation lies in the continuance of the revels in which case they may forget you as the door of this sub-cellar was broken like all the others in the building a pile of boxes and furniture was heaped in the entrance way end of section forty nine